What an appropriate song. 9-11, and yet his name is a strong tower. In fact, we're going to be going to his name. In fact, open your Bibles to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. We are going to be in the first 18 verses of John today. So how do we enter this text, this particular text for us? Well, one, I want to remind us from last Sunday, as we talked about, uh, the two key words are with great anticipation. Great anticipation for three reasons. One of those reasons is because we are entering the very words of God. Hear me. Don't get dulled to that. We are entering the very words of God. May that grab our ears. Secondly, as we talked about last Sunday, we are entering into the very works of God. We are in the redemptive uh, course of history as God has laid it out as we talked through last Sunday. And yet we are at a point where the Messiah, the Christ, the one is coming. All the way from Genesis 3 that we went all the way to Revelation 19 last week. We are right there in this pinnacle point. We are at the very redemptive works of God before our face here in this series. And also, I love this. Great anticipation because we're going to be looking into the very eyes of of the person of God. That's cool. That's totally cool. So we enter with great anticipation. Uh, How else? How else do we enter? Well, I want to take about 15 minutes to actually talk about how else to enter here. Uh, I want to kind of do it for a number of reasons. One, in essence, uh, even though you know it or not, to teach uh, by example in some ways. Secondly, just for those in small groups, Uh, who are doing the God of David, the God of Joseph studies, Uh, before every lesson, you have a question that asks, summarize the context up to this point. Uh, That's so important. So in many ways, that's part of what I'm trying to do today as well. But uh, also, entering into this, uh, we're taking some time is because, uh, well, one, there are a few of you, and you know who you are, this morning, that when you hear about the fact that I'm entering into the first 18 verses of John chapter 1, you are thinking crazy complexity. I mean, you are thinking uh, things like, uh, I'll just say this, you're chomping at the bit to be able to get into these deep gold mine truths of God. Uh, Yet, you are also, at the same time, very curious how I am going to handle these first 18 verses and how I am going to handle them in just one sermon. Uh, You, beloved ones, frankly, are a bit in a deranged mode of delight, wondering how I am going to squirm my way through these first 18 verses in John. And uh, if uh, you know who you are. Um, if you don't, that's okay. I just want to let you know these first 18 verses are incredible. These first 18 verses of John are some of the most mind-blowing words containing some of the most mind-blowing realities about the divine. I'm telling you. Within what we're about to read, it is crazy, mind-blowing, awesome, complex depth of God. Now, 
Most of you have probably just freaked out. But I want to say this. At the same time, the first 18 verses of John are incredibly simple. Incredibly. They're beautifully simple. In fact, these words are so simple that anyone can grasp what John is saying and doing here. And I don't want to get caught in the complexity. I want to get caught up in the beauty of the simplicity today. Consider this even. If you know the Bible very well, if you know Christ, if, if you've had people who have come to you and said, hey, I'm interested in digging into the Bible, where do I start? John. John. John is a great place to start. And if that's who you are and if that's where you are, you, you welcome. You are right here at one of the most wonderfully uh, put together books ever. Uh, you are at a place and time where you're going to be able to hear about the simplicity and yet the complexity. I'll say it this way. Simplicity and complexity. These are the, the, the recipe items for any great story. Great stories have various levels within them. In fact, this week I was talking with Marianne Strakalski on the phone about this because I know Marianne is a big reader. And we were talking about books and these levels and she was just kind of helping me on some thought. And I want to give you one literary example of what I'm talking about here. Various levels in the book, it's the Lord of the Rings. Uh, in a first read, and frankly, I have not read all of the trilogy. I wait for the movie. I'm one of those guys. That way the movie doesn't ruin the book. <laughs> if you've read the books, you go and on your first read, you're just trying to catch the story. You're just trying to catch the characters, catch the flow. You're just enjoying what's taking place and you get all the way through and, and enjoy that. Uh, but then if this is a great books are the kind of thing, great literature is the kind of thing. When you come back at a second read from what Marianne is telling me, you come back at that and you see things you never saw in the first read. Why? Because you're entering it at a different, what I'm calling level. You know the storyline. So when you start through the process, you're trying to pick up things you didn't pick up before. And you're seeing things that you didn't even know before. There's a deeper level of that. Then even on a third read, you grasp increasing levels of what's going on in the story. In fact, Marianne said it's one of the things she remembers in reading it. It's like some of the, the statements that Gandalf made. When you come back and read it a second or a third time, you're like, wait, he wasn't just making a comment about the situation. That was purposely by Tolkien to be able to move and to be able to work story. That's what great stories are made out of. Uh, for those of you like me who are more movie watchers, uh, here's a movie example, The Sixth Sense. In the sixth sense, you watch that and you are catching the story. At least you think you are catching the story until the end. And it's like, dog, you dogged me. And then you are like, I've got to go back and watch that again. If you know what I'm talking about, isn't that true? And then you watch it from a whole nother level. And then it's like, so that's all they did. And then on a third watch, been there, then you're picking up additional things in it. You're at a different level of it. So here I'm coming back. How do we enter the first 18 verses of John? What level do we enter them at? Uh, how about this answer? How about the way John first intended? 
Now, theologically, we call that what's the authorial intent. In other words, when John, when the Spirit of God was penning this down, what was John's intent out of this and this whole comprising of this story he is about to tell? Here's one approach. Was John's intent, was the Holy Spirit's intent to begin the book, to begin this story about the good news of Jesus Christ with with an opening treatise? A constitution, if you will, of some of the most divine, complex things possible about the divine so that out of that there would be like 18 graduate uh, uh, theology courses that would come out of these first 18 verses. Is that what John's intent was? I don't think so. Can that be done out of it? Absolutely. But how about this? Or was John simply beginning the story by setting out the main characters, the main words, the main themes of the story he's about to tell? In other words, is John chapter 1 verses 1 through 18 a prologue? Now, a prologue, here's what it does. It introduces the characters. It introduces the story or the background, certain select items to set a context for an audience to enter the story. In fact, in theater, I've seen it done before. And in olden days, it used to be done more. We're in a theater before a play, before the curtain ever opened, the, the writer or the director or an actor would come out on the stage and would talk with everyone and, and, and would set the tone for what is about to be when the curtain opens to help you understand and to help you be drawn in. To actually begin by having you ask some questions out of that so that when you watch it, you're looking for some things. In a movie, you know the beginning of Star Wars? And there's that text that goes. That's the prologue. It's setting the place. It's not the preface. It's actually the start of the story. So a prologue, let me put it in this terminology. A prologue is, if you will, a movie trailer. It is the movie trailer. It takes some vital segments, some vital words, some vital characters, scenes, clips from the movie, puts them all together in a short summary segment for the purpose of informing, for the purpose of preparing, and for the purpose of inviting you in. Hear me on this. The trailer is not the movie. Okay? The trailer is not the full story. It raises interest. It raises uh, questions. It raises intrigue. It draws you in. Uh, I'll put it this way, uh, ladies. It's like setting the Thanksgiving table and it's all there out. So everything's out on the table now and everybody's about to wonder what else is coming now. But it's been set. (laughs) Let me give you an example of a trailer here in what I think is the best movie ever.
this life or the next, I will have my vengeance. I kid you not, I have goosebumps. I kid you not. Does that not like, jazz you up? Do you not want to go watch that? But here's the thing. It doesn't just draw in. What I'm trying to help us understand here is literally uh, some of the literary uh, mastering behind the biblical text. In the text here, as, as you can see on this, you can see from the trailer key statements. This is a movie about a general, a general who becomes a slave, a slave who becomes a gladiator. And I'm ashamed to say I can say all of this without looking at notes or the screen. (laughs) And it's about a hero who will rise. That's the story. How simple is that? (laughs) Yet I say that and I go, oh, no, it's not. This is so complex, but I want to tell you what, that use of the words is masterful because it sets out key terms. And if you know in the story, it set out a couple key characters. It set out a sense of what's going on. It's drawing you, it's preparing you, it's putting out the keywords. But I want to tell you in the complexity of it, those words are not the story. The story is actually simply this. A man, a man who wants to be with his wife and his son. That's the story. That's the real story of the story. So simple, but so complex. First 18 verses of John. These are the prologue. Uh, these reason I have these words on the screen like I do, and we're going to be going through these because I think, if you will, fitting with the trailer, these are the words that John is trying to put out on the table for us just to be able to know what's coming. A prologue. Doug, is it really? Is it that way just because you like movies because your son is a screenwriter and interested in all that? Is that what you're talking about? Let me just verify in case you're wondering that. Commentary, three of the commentaries, uh, some of the commentaries that I use, um, uh, Morris in it, he calls uh, John 1, 1 through 18, title of the chapter is The Prologue. Hendrickson makes a comment in his as well, uh, Prologue, verses 1 through 18, D.A. Carson, one of my favorites. He also entitles the chapter, this segment, the prologue. So I say this, if it's the prologue, then let's see it as a prologue. Okay? So that's the level we are entering in. If you are brand new to the Bible, this is right where you're at. If you have been around Christ and the scriptures for a good part of your life, guess what? This is right where you're at. But you're going to want to go deeper. But don't today. Don't today, because we're going to be going through the gospel of John at the level that he gives, because this is about a trailer of a miraculous story that John is about to tell. If you will, this is a story that's produced by God, written by John, an opening 
next Sunday, the actual story component of as we finish chapter one next Sunday. So with all that in mind, let's jump into the prologue of John. By the way, are those not the most mind-blowing weird notes in a sermon you've ever seen on a page right there? Um, (laughs) If you are a puzzle person or a fidgety person, you now have the opportunity to do all kinds of little circles on the words as we go. Okay, here we go. We're entering John. All that time just to set ourselves on how we're entering. But now we're going to go through this with beautiful simplicity, I pray. In fact, God, I would just pray as we right now dig into and just read through and observe and pull out these first 18 verses, God. May it just be a simple, deep delight. Show us yourself. We want to know you and we want to be blown away by you. Because this isn't a story about a gladiator who lives and dies. This isn't a story about uh, some little men carrying a ring. This is a story about the word. In your name we pray, amen. John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was what? The word. The word. Well, what's that? Uh, The word. Uh, This was a totally unique use of this word. Uh, The word is logos in the Greek. I just want to note this. It'll have implication later. It is a noun, and it is a masculine form of a noun that's used here. In languages, as in Greek, there's masculine form, feminine form, and neuter form. This is a masculine form of the word that's used here. This is a point where we could get totally complex. Okay, We could get totally complex with this. Uh, I could begin talking with you about the various uses of this word at the time, the various meanings of the word and how it's used, the various forms of it. Uh, we could talk about various things that uh, the New Testament talks about this word, which actually is not very much in certain aspects. Yet how did the original readers see it? I think here's how the original readers saw it. When they got this letter from John and they saw it, they were like, that's interesting. That's a very unique use of the word logos. What? John, where are you going? What's this about? In fact, it would be like this. We use this format as well. Uh, Maybe a little while ago, maybe if you're younger, you don't know, but there used to be a noun that was used to apply to someone called the fridge. The fridge. When you think of the fridge, it's like, let's eat. No, Uh, but there was a time where that was like, what a creative use of that word. There's also been in Hollywood, the rock. Well, it's just like a rock. No, it's the rock person. Well, this is just talking about the word. Listen, don't even answer who this is. Fresh start read. All I'm trying to say is that there is a noun being used in a title form. In the beginning was the word. Was it a word? Was it a concept? Was it an idea? What was it? Was it like a 3D cut out foam thing? What is this? Well, we, here's what we know about the word, because this is all about the word. What's this all about? It's about the word. Look at the word. It's in the beginning. The word was 
in the beginning. That's talking about eternity past. Get that one. The word was an eternity past. Well, wait a second. How did eternity past get started? Well, wait a second. If it's eternity, it can't get started. Don't go there. Just know this. The word John is saying that I'm going to be talking about, get this. He was from the beginning, period. Okay? Next, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. How could a word be with God? What's going on here? Was it an idea? Was it a concept? Maybe it was like a code word, like abracadabra. Maybe that's the word. There's the, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. What's next? Everybody? <laughs> Boom! Wait a second. How can something be with God and be God? That does not make sense. Don't go there. You've read the story. You're coming back on second, third run. We're going first run. There's a word. And the word was from the beginning. And the word was with God from the beginning. And get this. The word was God. Wow. Verse 2. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through. All things, all things were made. So now we're talking about a creator. This word created, created all things. Seriously, like all things, like how did it create it? When did it create it? What was the mode of creation of it? Don't go there. John's just letting you know that, hey, there's this word and it's eternal. It was with God. It was God. And it's a creating entity. All things were made through, what's the next word? Him, not H-Y-M-N. He didn't sing it, but this is interesting because did you see right before it, he was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. Him. Uh, It's a masculine pronoun that's used here. The author had the choice to use a pronoun that did not apply any kind. It could have been neuter. But there's a masculine pronoun, as there is in verse 1. It's masculine. In other words, uh, here's the reality. This word has person to it. It's not a thing. It's not a concept. Verse 1, you could have thought it could have been. Because a concept could have been with God. It could have been from the beginning, and it could have been God. But now we have person tied to this word. Let's keep reading. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Uh, The word was life. In him was the life. Uh, What kind of life? Uh, I mean, it says that he was life. Is he life now? No, here's the deal. He's life. That's it. Just know that. He's life. Oh, and also something else. He's light. He's light. And light in darkness. Like how much light? How much darkness? Like what's the light? What are we talking about? Does he have a nice personality? And he kind of came in an ugly world? Well, what is he talking about here? Again, I'm just telling you, this is the trailer. Aren't you just wondering what's going on here? Good. That's John's purpose. 
John's just trying to let us know there was a word, the word. Yeah, but Doug, I thought in all this that we already, you just passed by some stuff that the Jehovah's Witnesses really base all their religion upon. What's the deal with that? Why aren't you digging into that? Level three, we're at level one. I just want for us to see this the way I think the original writers first saw it. There's the word, the word. Let's keep going. Verse six, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light. Okay, we've talked about the light that that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness about the light. Well, let's talk about who this guy. Nope, let's just know that there was this. There was a guy who was preceding the word and his name was John. And he was there to be a witness. He was there to proclaim about this light, the word, period. Verse nine, the true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world and the world was made through him. Boom. Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Now let's talk about some of this. The word came. He came. He appeared is the meaning of the word. He mean, he entered into, he showed up. He came into the world. Oh, by the way, P.S., which he created. So how does he come into the world which he created? <laughs> Don't go there yet. Just understand the key themes, the key points, the key words. John's just setting the table. Uh, there's the world he created, uh, but the world didn't know him factor in this story. That's weird. How is it that if he's God and he came into the world that he created and yet the world didn't know him, how? Ah, drawing you in. Don't you want to watch that movie? It's a great storyline. There's this reality. He came not only into the world, but he came to his own people. Who's his own people? He's got his own people. Who who are these peeps? And like, what's going on with them? And uh, but there's, do you see there's conflict in this story that's taking place? And then we see in it, there's a receive him thing. Uh, there's a receive him Lord thing. Uh, his own did not receive him, but others did and others can thing going on. And the receive him thing is tied to a believe him thing. So what does it mean to receive? What does it mean to believe? What does all of that look like? Coming coming Uh, i just want for you to understand let's just pause for a minute the word (laughs) the word is coming the word from the beginning the word with god the word was god doesn't this look like the beautiful mind movie now that we're talking about (laughs) movies Uh, in the beginning with god was god Uh, all things were made through. There's person to it. There's life. We don't even know his name yet. We don't know exactly who this is. Uh, In the word is the life. In the word is the light. Uh, There's this guy who's coming in there in the text in the between there. This guy who's coming. His name is John. He's going to be a witness about him. And the word, uh, he came. 
He came. He came into the world, and there's conflict in this because people didn't receive him, and yet there's a receiving thing and a believing thing. Uh, can someone help me figure this out? John's going there. John's going there. And get this. And all of this is tied to some aspect of being a child of God and being born. Born not of blood, nor of the will, nor of flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. What? What's he talking about here? It's coming. It's coming. Verse 14. This one's packed. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. The word, uh, the one that was from eternity past, the one who's with God, the one who was God, uh, the one who made all things, the, the one who there's person to this word, so it's not an idea, concept, or a specific word. Uh, there's this person word thing, has life, has light. Uh, this person word came. There's a receiving thing, a believing thing, a born thing. And, and yeah, look at this. The word became flesh. All of that became flesh. It became flesh and dwelt among us. So the fact that he became flesh meant that he wasn't flesh before, but became flesh. How does that happen? Mm. Zip it. (laughs) Okay? He's just laying out the concepts. He's laying out the things here. And how cool is this? Look at this, seriously. And all of this that's on the screen, all these things coming out of John, dwelt among mankind. God. God. Uh, friends, you see it right here. God in the flesh dwelt among. That's scary. That's crazy. That's weird. And that's the purpose of a trailer. Uh, the word has glory. That's cool. I wonder what kind of glory. Maybe just studliness. Glory. Maybe he's just like really business savvy glory. Maybe he's just like really rich glory. But I don't know what the glory is, but I do know this out of John chapter 1, verses 1 through 18. This glory, it's been seen. In other words, it's visible. It's something that has been seen. Also in verse 14, there is a son thing and there's a father thing. Like, what's the son? Wait. Now, is John actually doing a big allegory here and he's really talking about like a family from Tennessee or something that, you know, now he's getting at it, now he's laying it out, but he's just been playing with us because he doesn't have much to do or he's been like out in the desert and he's all hot and he's kind of getting a bit out of his head and he's writing this crazy story. Is that, uh, you know what? I don't know, but I'm just going to tell you this for sure. The Gospel of John has son and father written all over it. The Gospel of John, I'm getting level two here. I got to pull myself back. The Gospel of John has this interaction between what's called here the Son and the Father that's like no other gospel. I'm just telling you. You want to know what the Father looks like? Look at the Son. Oops. I'm disobeying my own zip it call. Notice also verse 14, the Word. I love this. 
full of grace. Because I got to tell you something. You get up to that point, honestly, I'm pretty scared. Because the eternal word from the beginning that was with God, that was God, all these kinds of things, and comes and dwells among us, um, I'm really, really glad there's some grace thing here in this. Because I don't even know anything more. I just know this. If this is God in the flesh, I just know this. If I don't even know what God is like yet at this point, I just know this. There's a grace component. Woohoo. But also look, there's full of grace and full of truth. 15 through 18. John, kind of parenthetic statement here, John bore witness about him and cried out. This was he of whom he said, he who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. Verse 16, and from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. Man, I so want to go into another level, but I'm going to refrain I'm going to make a quick comment. Grace upon grace. You'll see in many commentaries, if you happen to be reading while we're going through this series, talks about grace upon grace is like waves of an ocean. One comes and then the next, and they just keep coming and coming, and that's true. But I have to say, I agree with Carson. I don't think that's exactly what this is talking about. I think this is a whole new grace that's coming, a grace that's on top of the grace of the Old Testament that is already laid out. There's a whole new grace that is, if you will, superior to the grace of the Old Testament. This grace is the word grace. Okay? It's a trailer. Verse 17. Don't you have more questions than anything right now? Good. Good. That's part of what John's wanting to do. I genuinely think so. I'm not trying to modernize this. I'm trying to literally, I think, give what John, where John is trying to go with this. Verse 17, for the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came. <laughs> now we have a name. And what is the name? Isn't it cool that, it be, that this trailer ends with the name and didn't state it in the beginning? I, this is just... Literary genius. Well, Doug, of course, the Holy Spirit's involved in writing this, right? Absolutely. These are God's word. Well, duh, doesn't he write with genius? Yes. But we saw last week as well in First Peter chapter 1 that God uses, writes through the authors. There is the personality of the authors through this, the time and the history that's coming through. And I just got to tell you, John here is starting out of this and he's put thought behind it. And John here is telling you, drawing you in, being able to tell, I am about to tell the story about the title noun of the word. And the word is all this. And then at the end, he goes, it's just like in the trailer. Jesus Christ is the last word on it. Okay. Remember when I was showing you the gladiator trailer and how they use those things? I'm telling you, uh, this for me was just so helpful in grabbing these 18 verses. And I just, man, because I'm going to tell you, I went in the beginning of this week going, I'm going to take all 18 verses to these people this week. Doug, you are insane because of the depth of this. But I'm telling you, I came out after the week after just spending the time with it, just taking a step back, kind of taking a fresh look. Wait, what's John trying to accomplish here? What is God trying to accomplish? And I want to tell you, he's about to tell a story in these first 18 verses. Look at that. You see those, all those, the, the big white words and then the yellow words? Guess what? That's the story to come. That's the story. 
That's the story that we are about to enter into. That just rocks. No one has ever seen God, verse 18. The only God who is at the Father's side, but he has made him known. (laughs) The prologue. This is a trailer. Uh, on first read, level one, this is a trailer. John is starting the story again. This is not a preface. This is a short chapter one leading into the rest of the story that is about to be told. It draws us. It intrigues us. It, it brings questions to mind. It brings themes that are about to be covered. It set the table for the story. It's as though John has come out onto the stage before the curtain has opened. This is part of the play. And he's come out onto the stage and he's just said this. Next Sunday, the curtain opens and we enter into the most unbelievable, true story that's ever been and it's about the word hey john 1 1 through 18 what a story oh yeah and what a trailer Christ. Doug, it seems like you've just done two introductions in two weeks. No, last week was preparing as the introduction. This is the story. This is how John writes it. And John wants us to know we are about to enter into something that has all of this into it. Friends, get cranked. 
because this is no normal story. I've used trailers, and I want to make sure. We're not talking about a movie that's just like a, 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 a fiction story. We're talking about the true story. It's a story of the word, the eternal word, the, the word that was with God, the word that is God, the word that's the creator, the word that is incarnate, the word that's the life, the word that's the light, the word that was preceded by a witness, the word that came, the word that came in the flesh, the word that came and dwelt among us. The word that has a a receive component. The word that has a believe component. The word's glory has been seen. The word, the only son. uh, The word related to the father. The word full of grace. The word full of truth. The word, Jesus Christ. Please, 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 as we go into this, don't get Christian lazy. Don't. We're entering into that. Boom, grab us, draw us. I hope you've got all kinds of questions. If you're brand new to the Bible, brand new to Jesus Christ, you are at the right place, the Gospel of John. If you have been with Christ for most all your life, you are at the right place. You are at the seat right before the feet of Christ. And that's where we're going. Lord God, You are mind-blowing amazing. You just blow our minds. Yet your redemptive story is so very simple. It's just about redemption. It's about the coming of the Son, coming of the Word. It's about the complete and total forgiveness of sin made available through the Word. God, for the coming months, we get to walk through the eternal, walk with the eternal, creator, redeemer, God that came, who came in the flesh to dwell among us, to bring life, to bring light into our darkness. And we are going to see your glory. We're going to see the glory of the Son, which is the glory of the Father, bringing grace and truth that we would believe and receive so that you would have in all things in our life first place. In Christ's name.